Hey guys, this is John and Austin. This is another episode of the Meat Logistics Podcast. Now, unfortunately, uh, we did have Greg Henderson from uh, Drovers Magazine set up. We were on a call with him, and then all of a sudden, the audio went terribly wrong. Uh, he offered to do it just over the phone, but we wanted to have video as well. I think it adds a little bit something to it for at least the people who watch on YouTube. Um, and he was gracious enough to reschedule with us, so we're going to have him back on next Wednesday. Uh, that was going to be a, a, a weighty portion of what we were going to talk about today. So we will uh, probably be in and out of this one a little bit quicker than uh, normal. You say that, but w- anytime we say that, <laughs> you and I get going on something and we look up and we're like, oh, we need we, we need to freeze this up. It's 3.15 right now. Let's try not to look at it again and we'll see where we end. Okay. A uh, couple of quick things. This will already happen by the time, so it doesn't matter. But we're doing our live stream tomorrow, which will be yesterday when you listen to this. We are going to record this one. And the big thing is we're going to remember to turn it off. That is where we fail on podcasts or our live streams when we record them. We don't turn it off and then we have this 18-hour file that no matter what we try to do with, it won't do anything. So uh, we will have the live stream up. We'll put it up on our YouTube channel later in the day. We're going to do a couple things differently on that one, which we think should be fun. Over on that wall over there, we hung up a uh, National Wild Turkey Federation or Foundation? No, Federation. 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 Uh, Dartboard, and we've got some darts. So what we're going to do is every coupon or gift certificate, sorry, is going to start at $5.00. And then whoever wins, it's going to get to choose between Austin or I, and we're going to throw a dart at the board, and it's going to multiply. Now, I didn't want to include triples in this because that could get out of hand really quickly. One triple, twenty is then six hundred or three hundred dollar gift certificate. I walked in and I'm like, we have to do this. I had to argue to give away more of my money. I even put out a social <laughs> media post saying doubles and triples don't count, and Austin just immediately overrode me. Wait, you put out a social media post on already? Oh, sweet. This is even better. Now you can come back and go like... Uh, now you look like the hero. <laughs> no, you don't have to say it was from me. Go, uh, I don't know. We've changed our mind. Yeah. Now, now, now including doubles now and triples. Double, which we won't hit any of because they're very <laughs> small and we're very bad. The other funny thing is I was making us throw from I, about twice as far back as I'm we should be. pretty sure I hit a double when we were practicing. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So maybe we will hit some doubles. Um but I'm also giving away my old 50-pound meat mixer. Um, they updated the look of them a while ago, and I just continued to use the one that I'd used forever because I like it. Um, so I switched to this one. Uh, I made a couple of batches with this new one. There's no difference whatsoever in it, but it looks <laughs> just different. waiting. I'm like, yeah. did you like it then? It's the same. <laughs> it's the same. Um, it might clean up just a bit easier. In theory, it should because it's a more highly polished stainless yeah. steel. So uh, Now, I also – I've done better at spraying everything – before I start with white oil, mm-hmm. um, especially the lugs. That is oh. the best meat hack ever is just hit it with that. Because then even if you don't get to uh, rinse it out right away, come back like two hours later, you just hit it with some hot water. And it comes right off. It's excellent. Wait, are you back on the hot water train? Because because you, you left uh, all common sense and jumped to this cold water side for a while. It's not. There is common sense there. I know. I'm just, I just. I want to give you a hard time about it. When but. you use white oil, it does not matter. Doesn't matter. If you use hot water or cold water, it just blasts right off. Um, so, yeah, those two things will have happened by the time you listen to it. And it should be fun. We're going to have a camera on that uh, dartboard so that you guys can watch us throw them and see what we actually hit in live time. I'm really excited just because normally live streams are fun, but, like, this is another level. Yeah, it's just no, going to be so much. We're going to yeah. spend <laughs> we're going to spend half the time just giving away gift cards, oh, and, and that's, that's all we're going to do. All right. Are they technically gift certificates or gift cards? Gift certificates. Okay, they are certificates. I've been trying to change to the correct one. I wanted to yeah. make sure that I was doing the correct one. Yeah. What is? The, I don't know. There There's is a, a difference. Lot of, it's it's like, are we doing a giveaway or a sweepstakes? Yeah, technically, right. we're doing a sweepstakes, sweepstakes. Right. But it's yeah, legal mumbo jumbo. Yeah. A couple other just like. I don't even know if you call them housekeeping things. Uh, we have a new social media guy, Chase. Um, so he's going to start engaging with the Majestics community. He's going to start putting out some uh, social media posts. Um, we were without one for about six months, maybe even longer. It was longer. It was a long time. Um, so we're, we're going to reactivate all those social media accounts. We'll start posting things again. Uh, he's going to comb through Majestics stuff and start using a lot of uh, your guys' user-submitted content. 
Um, hopefully we can then use that to push people both ways from social media to metristics and from metristics to social media, blah, 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 blah. That was what, yeah, one of the coolest things I like. And to be honest, some of the best metristics posts on social media, like is the ones that are the user generated content. Mm -hmm. We can put stuff out and be like, Hey, come check out metristics. It's not the same as taking something that you guys made because it's just more organic. Oh, hundred so. percent. Yeah. And that just makes a much, much bigger difference. A um, couple other things. I am finally back in the upstairs of my house. Uh, the upstairs of my house has been taped off since Friday. So I've, I've not had access to a kitchen, to a laundry, to anything in the upstairs half of my house for going on five days now, which is ridiculous. I would go insane. I was going insane. I was legitimately losing. At least did, my treadmill was in the basement, so I could. I didn't check. I didn't cardio. look for like cots in here. I did not or, stay here. Okay. No, Brutus, <laughs> uh, he can't be. He's better at being left alone than Riggins is, but he can't be left alone for that long. So anyways, I'm back in the house. Then Are we've we got ready? the hydrogen water. How much did that thing cost you? Not much. It's like 30 bucks. Okay, not bad. Still probably ripped off a little bit. I'm pretty sure it's just a little uh, thing in there that's sucking air in from the outside and blowing bubbles into it. But it's adding hydrogen bubbles. I think that's what you're missing. Wait, so is that literally all it's doing? It's adding hydrogen. Well, it's also adding nitrogen and no, oxygen. No, specifically just the hydrogen. It filters everything else out. How? I have no idea. In a device for $30? Dude, if a device for that does $30, why are we not all driving hydrogen cell vehicles? Because... Because big, big oil, Austin, big oil is the reason, you know, that they've, that two people who were working on hydrogen cell cars just like mysteriously were murdered. Are you aware of that? No, but no. I would believe yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I um, love a good conspiracy. So that's a good I'll, one. Yeah. If you want to or dive into a good one, look into people who've been working on hydrogen fuel and what's happened to them. Sweet. Yeah, pretty interesting. Um, but no, uh, Dana White drinks these, so it can't possibly be a scheme. Or scam. Yeah. Hey, could, no, could, honestly, could what happened it? is I saw one and then I was talking to my friend from New York who um, he's like, I not only does he drink them all the time, but he's like turned a bunch of people on his work to it. And I will say this. It could be totally psychosomatic, right? Like I'm very susceptible to psychosomatic <laughs> stuff. If I was in a cancer trial and I got the placebo, I can almost guarantee you I would still be cancer free at the end because my brain would be like, no, you're good. He's good. Body, do the right thing. Um, but I do feel like my knees had been hurting me really bad from all the cardio. And once I started drinking these within like, a, honestly, like a couple of days, my knees just stopped bothering me. And part of it is it is supposed to help fight inflammation. Really? So if it does, then I might have to try. Cause I'm, I am in a, I don't know what, uh, about right now of just like increased inflammation. Yeah. I, I kind of go through waves and. Uh, it's not a good deal. So you're kind of talking me into it. There you go. I they I take hate, a while I, to get. I hate stuff like that though because I'm like, if I don't understand something, I need to know. I need to know how and why. Oh no, they have all sorts of documentation. I just didn't bother reading it. <laughs> it was thirty bucks. I was like, yeah, I'll try it. Whatever. Why not? Uh, it's not expensive. It's it's worth it. If nothing else, it's making me drink water again because mm. basically all I've been drinking are energy drinks and diet ginger ale and very limited amounts of water. Even when I'm doing cardio, it's still diet ginger ale. It's not water. So this is helping with that. So it's having some positive effect. Yeah. I don't Can, know. Would it hurt anything to put some crystal light in there? Would that be acceptable? Somebody else asked that. I don't know. I imagine yes. Like, why wouldn't it be? I mean, worse comes worse. You, you hit it twice, pour it into something else, and then add the crystal light to that if you don't want to dirty this up. It does change the taste of the water. Really? Yeah. Yeah, there is a different taste to it. Is it bubbly? No. Or is it okay? No. It, when 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 you ran it, like it was like visibly cloudy from mm -hmm. all of the air bubbles in there. Yep. Yep. And then when you pop it the first time, you hear a little. Huh, but cool. That's it. So I don't know if it's doing anything or not, but it's fun. I might try it just just to see. I'm gonna make a batch of sausage with hydrogen water. We'll see what it, how that goes. <laughs> what that does. Um, oh, okay. That could be the video I was talking about. Oh, good. Okay, I like that. Yep, yep, that's good. I wonder if anyone's gonna remember <laughs> what we. Uh, oh, this is gonna be great! A little inside Guys, baseball. There. Stay tuned. More oh. to come. Yeah, a little inside baseball. That's good. I like it. Um, I have been chatting back and forth um, with uh, uh, Dan Stark. He's a uh, just 
a guy who got my email address uh, and he posed a really interesting question to me and I hadn't really thought about it, why we do it this way or could we do it a different way. Um, so it's been running kind of through my mind for the last couple of days. What he was wondering is instead of saying, hey, start at 120 after an hour, go to 130 after an hour, go to 145, blah, 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 blah. It's like, would it be possible for you to provide instructions that were like, start your smoker at 120. Once your internal temperature of your snack stick reaches X degrees, then move it up to this level for this long, this level for this long. Now, there's a couple of things there. But they also apply. Okay, so I'll go through the couple of, of issues and then I'll rebut my own argument. Um, obviously, all smokers are very, very different. Uh, batches are going to be different because you're going to have different water content. You're going to be using different proteins, different fat contents. The temperature outside is going to be different. There are different areas in your smoker that are different temperatures, right? So just probing it in one place and saying, this is what we're going to use to tell it when to step up to the next temperature could be problematic. Everything I just said, though, still applies to if we're doing it on a time schedule. Uh-huh. The hardest thing, I think, would be what's your humidity because your heat transfer is going to vary a lot based upon what your humidity level is. Your temperature, yes, it matters, but your humidity also does. And yeah, all, but all those factors, they, they, they weigh in regardless, like you're saying. I, I think it would be interesting, and it could be done... And it's all, yeah. I mean, it's all a loose guideline anyways. Right. So here's the deal. I think I can do it. And I think I know how, how I can get all the best information to, to provide <laughs> to people for it. But I can't give them both in the same chart. Yeah. It's going to have to be charts. two different charts. Yeah. Now, here's a different or here's another issue with it that you get with one and you don't get with the other. You're going to have to be more on the spot if you're wanting to do it by internal temperature. Right. Unless you have a, a, a commercial smokehouse, which will automatically detect the internal temperature with a probe and then kick it to the next level. You're really going to need to be monitoring that. If you're doing snack sticks on a normal schedule, you know that every hour or so you have to be back around your smoker. With this, it might be an hour and a half. It might be two hours. It might be 45 minutes till it's ready for the next one. It's all going to be about how much humidity you have and a, a bunch of other factors. But so you have to pay a little bit more attention that way. And I don't think it's going to improve the final product at all, um, but I'm going to try it. Yeah. I don't know if it makes it any easier or not. Like on most like pellet smokers nowadays, you get in, you get a fancy one with a controller. Don't pellet like, smoker, like most pellet smokers. Are you sour on pellet smokers at the moment? There's Well, no, there's just, there used to be like two or three major brands out there and now there's 500 so i say okay. it of like eh, okay there's just there's so you. many but um so yeah mileage may vary differences between them all but you can program a lot of them based off of time can you program them based off of temperature i don't know not to the best of my knowledge but but i really cook two things on mine for the most part well three things i do ribs a decent amount but i do steaks chicken and ribs I don't hardly use a thermometer. Like I just know, and then I go out there with my twelve-inch thermometer and check final temp on stuff. I was so but, against the twelve-inch. I wasn't against it. I just thought it was ridiculous. And then we did a video the other day where I didn't have to stick my head into the smoker. I just went like this. I was like, "Oh, that is so much better." Oh no! What's wrong? Oh, my wife only took a couple. Oh, he's got okay. pictures, ladies and gentlemen. I was so my 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 range died, so <laughs> He's very happy. Got a twelve like a little twelve inch skillet, uh -huh. and I I specifically got out the twelve inch thermometer <laughs> as like a joke. So I'm like staying back from it. Yeah, but then you don't but, like all the popping and stuff. You don't get yeah. It it it's really nice yeah. for your smoker because you don't get that smoke in your eyes, which I always hate. And that's it's super sensitive too. Yeah. Uh, that has been a game changer for me. I hate that so much and I don't get it anymore. Yeah. Uh, stand way back. It's, it's great. I, I don't know how many of those we've sold, but it's not enough. Well, everyone we'll needs one. Give away some of those tomorrow slash yesterday um, as well. It almost doesn't matter how many we sell because the campaign on Google has been so wildly successful for those. It, 
people find it interesting oh. and then they find it, I think they find it gimmicky and they go buy other stuff because yeah. they're like, oh, Walton's is a cool place. But uh, people like if you're questioning at all, should I own a 12 inch thermometer? You should. I know I sell them and I make money off them, but you should buy one. We don't make much money off of those. <laughs> they're. Uh, they're fairly inexpensive for what they are. Yeah, and it 20 is 20 bucks. It's, and I put them on sale a good amount of time. Yeah, it's an amazing little tool. It's a, it probably shouldn't be used this way, but and you're going to give me grief. But it is my spatula, my <laughs> meat fork. You're going to break my- it. For sure, you're going to break that one. The, tw- the the little one, okay, but that one's got so much room, you're going to stop When you that. pick up like a like a 18-ounce steak yeah. with it, and you're like, yeah, it's bending. It's, it's Yeah, it's gonna, I'm going to break it that's someday. But- so don't do that. Don't do that. But anyways, that's uh, something that we're, we're going to be working on. And if I can figure it out and come up with really good rules for it, I'll go back through all the old Meachistics how-to and Meachistics University uh, recipes and put a, uh, instead of a time chart. Did you hear that? Is that your stomach? That's my stomach. Dude, Hold we're going to have to end this. Hold on a second. No, no, no. <laughs> this is, I, I know what it is and I just figured it out today and then still did it. Um, so there are these like, they're not Atkins like snacks, but I think they're like that. Yeah. Um, and I love these chocolate, uh, bars that is just coconut covered in chocolate. And I eat them almost always before I go to bed. They're delicious. They're whatever. And they don't bother my stomach at all. I bought a mix pack of them once that was those and some caramel thing. And oh my God, those caramel things mess with my stomach. So I bought some like M&M ones. And I started even like, why has my stomach been so crazy recently? <laughs> and then this morning I was like, that's why. It's the same thing. The coconut one's the only one that doesn't bother me. But I still ate some right before I came in here because they're so good. <laughs> that's hilarious. I have a problem. I'm like, have you ever seen uh, the naughty, not the naughty, Dr. Doolittle with Eddie Murphy? Yeah. You know, the lady who's allergic to um, shellfish, but she constantly is eating crab. That's me. Yeah, that's great. Can't stop myself. Uh, anyways, but I will go back through all my old posts and post um temperature schedules instead so, of just heat schedule the other thing that makes sense off of that is is to make sure you're fitting inside of uh um uh, like appendix a you're fitting under the depending on what you look at 40 to 140 or 50 to yep. 130 and how much time you spend in between there um and also have to make sure that we're staying above 132 degrees for at least an hour for people who use encapsulated products mm-hmm it's interesting. And yeah, you could if if you really tracked that would be nice if you tracked the time and temp on that. You could cook stuff a lot faster in a sense too because you don't then have to wait till you get to 160. You could wait to 160 just for the dryness level. Right. But you could pull them out at 148 if you wanted. If you want. And you were you could know like these are totally safe because right, they've been at 148 been at for 45 for, minutes or whatever yeah. it is. I remember it took me so long to get that through my head because all the time I'd be making products in the PK 100 and I'd come find Austin at like four o'clock and I'd be like, dude, these are only at 150 and they haven't moved at all. And he's like, okay, how long they've been there? And I was like, ah, like an hour. And he's like, okay, well they're fine then. He's like, you can take them out. I'm like, nah, they have to go to 160. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, just your dryness level. Uh, who did that? I don't know if I was talking with you or somebody else. I was eating something that was like pre-cooked already and it still said on it, cooked to 165. Oh, those are and the I'm Chinese like, sausage. Was that what like, it was? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like, that's just a, it's a CYA thing. Yep. One, it doesn't have to go that high. Two, it's already been cooked. Yep. They're just, they're doing it because they don't want someone to sue them over something. Like you, there's a lot of complexity because technically you start getting into the nitty gritty on it and- Time and temperature is not enough. There is more. Oh, yeah, for There's sure. That And FSIS a few years ago finally came back and changed that for jerky. Yep. And so was, you you have to have humidity requirements. I was going that. over that with Chase today. So there is more. And, but if, if you want to keep breaking it down, you can get more specific and more complicated. There's more science and more science, more chemical stuff going on. And like this goes back to... Uh, probably uh, some of the other stuff that we've had going on on Meagistics lately with encapsulated citric uh, acid yeah. and uh, other things in, in the meat science world. Like we sometimes like put something out there as like, do this. And that's just the easy answer right. that says, this is the way you can guarantee that this is going to work. But then people are like, well, but well, I'm, I'm going to do it this way. Okay. 
do it that way. You can, you can follow that. You can believe that it'll work the same, but it'll work this other way too. It's just easier to say this because that will work, but there's a hundred thousand different ways to go about it. And uh, if you're a commercial processor, you make up your own way as long as you can prove that your product is safe too. Um, yeah, there's a couple of things that I'm probably a little bit responsible for some of the encapsulated citric acid things because I, I spent probably two or three years constantly saying, this is the way we recommend doing it. If you're happy with the results you're getting, just you feel free to keep doing it the way you're doing it. What I should have done is doing what every other YouTube creator does and goes, no, this is the way to do it. Acting like they know everything when that's especially in meat processing is not the case. Nobody knows everything. If we yeah. Je- Jeff Sindelar out of Wisconsin does not know everything. Like there are a million different little rules and things that can change everything else that follows after it. Um, but encapsulated citric acid is a cure accelerator. Flat out. It'll work just fine. Yep. So. Yeah. Damn it. Do, I, do I continue or do we just leave it at that? No, let's just leave it at that. Okay. I actually, I'm, I'm going to add one other thing. Okay. <laughs> I can't help myself. I, I, I was looking at product labels the other day and there was something else that, because uh, some people say, well, you, you have to, you have to use another cure accelerator with it. You, 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 you don't go look at the ingredient statement for any one of a hundred thousand different commercial products. If they have encapsulated citric acid in it, Look and see if they have another "quote unquote" cure accelerator in it, and they don't. I know some of them. They might. might. They can. Right. They don't have to. And some of them might have a citric acid in it that is not added at the correct levels to be a cure accelerator. It may literally be for a taste. If you're using ECA, in, I mean, you wouldn't do this. So this is this, but this is why. If if you were using ECA, in bacon. You'd have a problem. Sure. You cannot use it as a cure accelerator in bacon. Bacon right. is very specific. You have to use another cure accelerator. You could use citric acid yep. and not encapsulate it, but still, why? Why would you do it? You wouldn't. You, you, then you'd have to still use um, another cure accelerator. That is what is written in FSIS's directions. It's 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 in the uh, Code of Federal Regulations. Um, but when you're talking sausage, there is no requirement for any of that. And really what FSIS ultimately treats ECA as in sausage is a flavor enhancement or a flavoring agent. Right. So that is what they're going to classify it as. But it, is it a cure accelerator? Yes. Yeah. F- For their labeling purposes, they labeling purposes right. it is a flavor, a flavoring agent, I think is what they call it. But it's still a cure accelerator. Absolutely. Okay. I'm getting riled up. We're moving on. We're moving on. Um, all right, so that's pretty much it for everything we had that's not. Oh, no, 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 it's not. Um, Kurt uh, Carter, go, our salesmen obviously go out and see our customers. Uh, Kurt Carter does a, a good job. A lot of them do a good job, but Kurt does a good job of when he sees something either unique or something he wants from a customer, he'll buy it, bring it back. And he and I have a deal. He will give me the whole runs of whatever it is, and then I have to slice it up and then package it, and then I get half or a third if your brother wants in. So yesterday, I got some new stuff from him from Kurzweil's. Um, two of them are very good, but basic uh, uh, basic pepperoni and basic chorizo, but one of them is special. So special, in fact, that there's only two little slices <laughs> left. I forgot already, but that was amazing. Yeah, so this is from Kurzweil's, um, and it is Cremona Parmesan Salami, and it's got large hunks of cheese in it. It has a, I was obviously done with a spice-lined cake. Oh, no, I want that one with more cheese. Um, <laughs> okay, for those watching on YouTube, I just got a hollow piece. Because <laughs> the cheese is stuck to my piece, so I'm taking it. Um, it was obviously used with a, a spice line casing, uh, big hunks of Parmesan cheese, and it is just absolutely phenomenal. I'm getting some sort of nasal thing and I can't breathe. I can't smell. I can't hardly smell it. I'm so disappointed. I almost feel like I should save it till I, okay. Put no, it back I'm, in. I'm kidding. No, I'm not going to do that. It won't, it won't. If I do that, it's gone in 10 minutes anyways. Oh, it'd be gone in way less than that. Um, still tastes fine. That's awesome. delicious. 
Absolutely great. So Kurzweil's you did a phenomenal job on that. If I don't know if they sell online or not, but if anyone does want an awesome example of using cheese in a dry cured sausage, that's it. And I'm betting that's our spice line casings. Probably. I don't know. I would assume, but I don't so, know. Yep. Support a good customer and get some awesome, awesome product. Okay. Moving on to meat matters. The 20 most meat eating states per capita. So this is from your father. He sent it to me actually a couple of weeks ago. Um, from this article, it says, in our methodology, we ranked the most meat eating states by using the total beef production as a proxy for meat consumption. This decision was based on the understanding that there really is no readily available data specifically on meat consumption by state, which I'm shocked at. How is that even difficult to do? I don't know. I would think that that could be done in a fairly easy survey. So would I? Of course, we go back to John's beliefs on self-reported eating habits are horribly like... We're going to get to that. Okay. We gotta have, <laughs> oddly enough, there's a story coming up that I'm going to rail against that again. But that, that is, this, is, this can't be a good way to determine it, though, of, of how much you produce, though, because that this is not... If this was the 1600s, great. Right. It'd be a great way. This is the 21st century. How, how much do you export? How much do you export just per state? Uh, looking at like us, uh, I know this off the top of my head because uh, I don't know if we've, I don't know if we want to get into it all, but uh, where where we sell and what we're doing because we're moving, by the way, uh, more to come later. Sure, but not far. Um, over, over, I don't know, 98% of what we sell is outside of Wichita. 90% of what we sell is outside of Kansas. Like, so what is – I mean, we're not a technical producer, but a produ we what we produce is goods and services. Right. 90% of what we produce goes outside the state. If you just counted that as Kansas consumption, that would be so unfair. Now, I'll go even one further than that. Um, now, this isn't my observation necessarily, but I, I do think it's right. When I was in New York and I would go to like Wegmans and buy spinach or some other vegetable um, – very often there would be like dirt on the roots. Um, it would obviously be like pulled right from the ground. Then I come to the middle of the country where most of the stuff is grown and I see everything like chopped up or in packages. So it's weird that like up there where I can almost guarantee you all that spinach wasn't grown, you're getting a fresher product or at least a fresher presentation of a product. Yeah, it so, could just be the marketing presentation of it. It could be. It could be. All right. So number six was Kansas. Just FYI. Number five was South Dakota. Number four is Nebraska, which makes total sense. Number three is Missouri. Two is Oklahoma. And what do you think one was? Texas. One was Texas. So, I mean, fairly, even if you want to say that that's not a good way to, like, way to rate it, you give me those six states, and I'd be like, yeah, that, that makes sense. I buy that, especially if we're talking just for beef. And once you get into Alabama, Florida, I want to start talking more about how much pork they eat. Um, but if we're just talking beef, those are, I think, at least good. Yeah, I think it has some legitimacy to it. But at the same time, I don't think it's a great yeah. way to describe it. But It's sad that Colorado is not on there. But there's so much like tofu and... Do that, how much beef do they like actually that. produce up there? A lot. I mean, they used to at least. You, I mean, you, you. Now they have whole like old ranches, like enormous ranches that are just taken over by uh, mushroom farmers. Oh, because like I, I know, I know, I see a lot, a, a fair bit of beef production, but at the same time, your 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 head per acre is massively different than what. Than, Head per acre. So oh, like head per acre. You I need, you said head per acre. You need, I don't know, two acres per per cow. Right. Uh, whatever. I don't know what, whatever it is. what realistic numbers are there. But if it was two acres per cow in Colorado, it'd be like one in Kansas. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. No. Okay. Um, moving on, Missouri Prime Beef Packers suspend Operation Pleasant Hope Missouri Plant. 
Uh, Missouri Prime Beef Packers of Pleasant Hope will close because of unforeseen business circumstances. The plant has not confirmed if the closure is permanent or temporary. The closure impacts 335 employees. The Missouri Prime Beef Packers recently withdrew its permit application to use new technology to discharge into the Palme de Terre watershed. Missouri Prime Beef Packers asked the DNR to approve dumping wastewater into the river. In August, hundreds of people gathered at the Palme de Terre Pavilion in Hermitage, concerned about a plan for the plant to pour up to 350,000 gallons of waste into the river daily. I would agree with those people that I would be concerned with dumping 350,000 gallons of wastewater into a public river daily. Yeah, what's the... I understand it's treated, but I also grew up right around General Electric and the Hudson River and PCEs which they said were perfectly fine to put in the river. And it destroyed the river ecosystem for decades. Yeah. You just, need to, you just need to make sure what you're doing is, is like good for the environment, but what's the other difference? You're going to throw it into the sewer system and they're going to treat it and dispose of it somewhere. It's just a matter of, are you doing it right there or are you sending it off somewhere to be done? It's still going to be done. Someone do it. Someone's doing it somewhere. Okay, fair enough. There's more of a incentive for a business, in my mind at least, to cut a corner than for the county wastewater to do that. Right? Don't you think? Yeah. I think so. I mean, I can't believe I'm coming down on the side of the government here, but the, I don't know. I would look at it if the, the the government. Who are they accountable to themselves? Who is a I mean, private organization? Us, but yeah, the, the, uh, uh, they're not. Private organization is accountable to someone who's going to be overseeing it and saying, "Hey, we're going to be do, doing testing, and if you don't get it, we're going to fine you." Right. I feel like the yeah, the private company would probably end up doing more. Could they cut corners? Yes. Usually, have slap slap a, a fine on them though. Yeah, but damage already done at that point. Same thing that happened with GE. They eventually charge them. They're like, yeah, we don't care. We save. Hundreds of millions of dollars back in the 80s. You know how much yeah. that's worth today? Well, um, this is uh, from a corporate spokesperson for Missouri Prime. Um, says Missouri Prime Packers LLC regrets to announce temporary suspension of its operations effective February 26. The unforeseen decision stems from operational challenges at the facility related to wastewater management, blah, 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 what we already knew. Um, but we've talked about that plant before um, and the problems that they were having. So I thought we'd just kind of close the loop on it uh wyoming rancher natural or national cattlemen's beef association president talks priorities um so a good article has a, a very very long so i just boil it down to to a few things um his some of his priorities were the country of origin labeling um, and this is a quote from him he says so take china for example they can send their beef to the u.s <clears throat> to be slaughtered and packaged in the u.s and that label will go on the beef. But the cattle weren't raised here. Cool or country of origin labeling would allow American people to know where the meat is coming from and to be able to support American ranchers. And it would give them more confidence in the safety and quality of their beef. 100% agree with that. We've talked about country of origin labeling to death. Death tax. Most ranchers' wealth is in their assets, not in cash. We don't have a million dollars sitting in our bank accounts to pay the death tax. So what happens is many ranchers end up having to sell their operations operations just to pay the IRS. So this is my grandfather owned it. When he dies, he willed it to me. I now have to pay taxes on that. I don't have the cash for it, so I have to sell assets, which is the land. So just another way to, what, I don't know, prevent minimal generational wealth from being passed down because this death tax does not really hurt rich people in the same way it hurts upper middle class middle class even lower middle class people because mm -hmm. they're the ones who are going to have to actually get rid of that asset to pay the taxes on it the rich people have plenty of cash to pay that tax so yeah death tax is one of those things that's hard it's like what well, one, why is there one? You've, you've taxed someone their whole life, and now in the, their, their last act on this earth in dying, you have to stab them in the back while they're going into the ground. I mean, this sounds horrible, but it no, really is, it is what it is. Like, I, pay tax, I pay sales tax. I pay all of these taxes on money I'm already taxed on. Yeah. Stop taxing me. 
it just, it seems crazy. And it, it ultimately, it hurts a lot of families that would otherwise continue a small business or a family business or 100%. something along those lines. And it just, it's silly. Or even if it's not even a business, it's just a family. Like, yeah. Uh, Do you know if I wasn't, if we didn't have all, like if it was just income tax, right? Do you know how much more ammo and guns I would own? It'd be ridiculous. No, I. It's not like I'm going to sit on the money and do nothing with it. It's going to be out there in the economy, moving around. I've literally, because I it, it drives me nuts stuff. I've I've gone through almost like a year's worth of stuff and counted up like every penny I paid in like every form of taxes yeah. and, and added it all up. And it's it's depressing. Including this see. place? Uh, no, you okay, can't like exclude that. too hard. Yeah, yeah. That's insane. That'd be crazy. But And depressing. Yeah. Uh, third is disease traceability. Right now, I get the free electronic tags for my females. So wherever one of my calves goes... It can be traced back to my ranch. So that way, if there's an outbreak of, say, for example, foot and mouth disease, then my entire ranch is quarantined for 72 hours and I can't move or transport my cattle anywhere during that time. So I was with them on the first two. I'm against them on that uh, cattle, the electronic tag ones. We talked about this last week. Or we talked about two what? weeks ago, where <laughs> instead of um, tags with your, just your, uh, identifying your ranch on it. it would actually be electronic tags so that they can monitor them um i like how the the cool labeling was voluntary and this one is like mandatory no no no. he says this should be man he says this should be voluntary as well oh if it's voluntary yeah sure so I, mean, I just don't like the do idea it. of more people doing it like yeah. it, it's worked it has worked why are we changing it we're giving the government more insight into what you guys are doing why are we doing that well, who, who's doing the tracking? Yeah, I mean, that's the question. I'm sure the government would never track something that they're not supposed to. <laughs> that would never happen, Austin. So don't worry about that. If it, I if said it, earlier, I like a good conspiracy. If it doesn't say that the government's tracking it, then they're clearly not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's true. I mean, if, if you do something like that, it's only whether it's the government or an organization or somebody that's probably going to be abused at some point. Uh, so I would say so. Um, a breath of fresh air coming for the pork industry. This is from Ag Information Network. Uh, not really a, a lot to, to talk about here, but it is interesting that in December, they were predicting that they would be experiencing $12 a head loss right now, and they're actually at a $1.66 profit. So a, I mean, $1.66 profit is not, you know, some huge amount, but it is a whole heck of a lot better than $12 a head loss. Yeah. So that is that's some some good um, some good news for the pork industry, pork farmers. All right, the nine best and worst sources of proteins. This is from Everyday Health. Um, the best is eggs, and the worst is keep going, keep going. Wait, go down. There you go. And the worst is wait, why was uh, it's split into like different types? Oh. So okay. animal protein. So the, the best is eggs. The best is eggs and the worst is red meat. Red meat. What a lie. The reasoning for this is because it's three-part answer. The first one is climate change. Oh, the second on. one is animal cruelty. No. Yes. And the third one is it's negative effect on health. Or on health. Three, um, three false arguments. Like, come on. Now, the, the study that they reference has obviously no ulterior motive to it. It is purely um, for everyone's health benefits. Self-reported. And it's self-reported out of the UK. Great. So it's just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. No, I had, you know, a, uh, a hamburger uh, and a steak this week. And did you have any Doritos? Or, no, no, I didn't have any of that. Definitely not. No chips, no nothing. When that's all they're eating. Like they've done it before where they've. They've taken people on diets and they've put cameras all in their house and then they've had them self-report. And then they're like, I, I ate less than a thousand calories today. And they're like, you had 4,000 calories. Do you not see what's happening every time you walk by the kitchen there? Every trip to the pantry and yep. that handful of M&Ms, yep. like things like that. It all adds up. Yeah. Um, so this, this last bit, I don't really know why it, it's coming up like this, but it is from meeting place. It's an interesting look at uh, the farm equipment industry as it stands today versus what it used to be. Uh, this guy talks about a 1960 John Deere tractor that his grandfather bought and lasted him, you know, until the mm -hmm. late 90s, early 2000s. 
Meanwhile, uh, a recent encounter with a Caterpillar employee shed light on the behind-the-scenes consideration in the industry. He, working in accounting, is responsible for determining the warranties on new cat equipment. Interesting. Interestingly, he revealed that the parts department is more profitable than the new equipment division, hinting at a broader trend in the equipment market. So they're making more money selling them parts to repair the new tractors that, or equipment than they do on the new equipment itself. So I don't know. Well, I, I it's more profitable, at least. I, I, I would kind of understand that because, to be honest, if if you guys buy an electric stuffer from us, the the electric stuffer is going to bring in a lower profit margin than if we sold you every individual piece and part. Like the markup on individual parts is higher because so it's more profitable. It it's more profitable from a percentage, right. not in a sure. sales volume. No, but this is is this saying sales volume? If it is, that's just absolutely nuts. It's more profitable than the new. I, I have to imagine they mean all around. That'd be crazy. I, I yeah, a lot of the stuff. I mean, it's yeah. Expensive. That would be it's like outside. us. That weather. would be like it's us expecting repairs. to make money selling replacement parts for one of our pieces of equipment. Wait, we give out a lot of replacement parts yeah. for free. Are we supposed to be charging for these things? We're supposed to be charging for those all along. That seems odd. There's so something right. called warranty yeah. that I'm pretty sure we we do. Right. And that guy was for the from the warranties <laughs> department. It's like, nah, we're going to charge for it anyways. This uh, isn't covered by that. All right. So uh, moving on to wild card. A black bear was caught squeezing out of a North Carolina house vent. Um, and this is not a small black bear. What? It's right there. Watch it come out. That's already that's a large paw. That is a big black bear. What? To the point where I sometimes am very um, guilty of not seeing black bears as something that you need to be all that afraid of. That thing's head is a is the size of like a giant suitcase. That's four Brutuses. <clears throat> oh, like, at least that is a enormous animal. Who could very easily cause massive bodily harm. He's still coming out. He's still coming out. Yeah. He is a big, big boy. That's insane. Imagine that thing come running at you in the woods. No freaking way. Yeah. No, I'd definitely given up on that. Um, all right. Did you do you know that uh raptors like uh hawks, falcons, eagles can catch avian flu? Oh, I didn't know no. that. So Flip is telling me uh, Andrew Flippin does some like sign work around the, the town. And he was like telling me, he's like, I saw this huge falcon dead just right on the side, like busy street. Obviously hadn't been hit or anything. It was just lying there dead. And I've seen three hawks in my neighborhood recently around new construction sites or like just around <laughs> that are just dead on the side of uh, the buildings, whatever. They obviously didn't experience trauma like. I'm thinking that they're dropping dead of avian flu. That's not cool. I, for whatever reason, I thought it was just like poultry. Like I thought it was more specialized turkey. to a few species. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not cool. Not good. Don't like that because I I think we've we've talked about multiple times on podcasts like owls. I love owls. Awesome. Well, I now have like a resident red tail hawk in my backyard. Uh. I got this tree that died cut it like off like six feet up ripped it out of the ground and it's just in the middle of like the backyard um and it's just standing there like kind of by itself this uh red-tailed hawk the other day just perched on it just decided I was, he's gonna hang out there it's the coolest thing ever <laughs> this just this it was big old boy too not just not just like a big one but he was he was chunky. He's he been, he been eating well. Yeah. But I love... Have you seen yam recently? Have you been <laughs> on yam? Darn it. Did I'm pretty sure I saw yam this morning. Okay. But, but uh, no. Uh, like just birds of prey in general. I love birds of prey. Yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome. Now that an owl will come and eat that hawk. Really? You ever seen an owl snatch a hawk out of its nest? Dude, I don't know. This hawk is like three times bigger than what a... A typical owl around my place would be. I think, okay, anyways. so maybe it's only certain it's not types like of a, owls. I mean, it'd be like a I don't know what really type of owl it is. I should know more about that. I'm gonna say I'd call it like a barn owl. They're it's hard a little to see owl. though. Like owls are, they're really only come out at night, so you don't ever get a really good look at them. Or yeah. it's hard to get a good look at them. All right, uh, giant great white shark takes whales whole head off 
in lightning attack. This was uh, down in New Zealand. Some lady was trying to re get a pygmy sperm whale and its calf back out into the ocean when a they said a giant shark came out and bit the whale's entire head off. Sweet. Which sounds really dramatic and amazing. And then you find out that a pygmy sperm whale only is like nine feet long. Yeah. Only? Well, I mean, still a large animal. You see whale to me and I think like 30 foot. When... We've seen a whale. Tell me when the head stops. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. When? When? Yeah, I guess. Now it's yeah. like, oh, damn, I still got some on the neck. Dang. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. We'll take the word knows. for it, I guess. My but God. then it came back, grabbed the whole whale carcass, and swam off with it. Oh, my gosh. Dude, they are just vicious. So I'm glad we had another whale story. But I should – I don't know why I didn't didn't clip this and, and put it in on the news stories, but – I saw one about orcas. Is it the go ahead? Are orcas like where do they rank in? Oh no, in they the, jack great whites all the time. Really? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, because I was gonna say like from what I saw, I was like that that looks worse than anything because it was like playing with these birds, and then it like threw this fish up. Adam is dead fish. It suckered the birds in and ate the birds. Yep. I was like, what? They will take their tails and smack uh, seals like. It looks like it's like 80 feet in the air and you'll see the seal going round and round and round. And it's just from them hitting it with their tail. They are absolutely vicious killers. They seem like the apex predator. Like in the ocean, the possible sperm well, maybe, maybe. But yeah, no, uh, there are certain orcas that try to eat basically nothing but the liver of great white sharks. Like they kill it and then they eat just its liver. I have a new favorite animal. I mean, you know, a wolf, the first thing it's going to want to eat is uh, anything's liver. Like, that's the first thing they go for. It's nutritious. It's so nutritious. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'm trying to find uh, – I tried to get your dad – we had a meeting with managers earlier today. I tried to get your dad to show this video instead of the instructional video he showed, but he was <laughs> not down for it. It's a video. It's a drone, and it's a great white shark just, like, chilling at the top. And dude, this orca comes out of nowhere and just annihilates it. Like, hits it like you can't even imagine. But I'm not going to be able to find it. How do you sharp sleep? Uh, here it is. Do watch this. Just watch this. Holy right? crap. Out of nowhere. And it's coming so fast. I mean, it's coming like it's, 40 miles an hour. And the it. thing is gone. The shark is completely gone. It just that is cool. annihilates it. And it doesn't look like a small shark either. I mean, it looks like a good sized shark. So, so when you go to SeaWorld and you see the little orca f swimming around doing tricks, oh, that thing's just putting on. It's waiting to eat somebody. Yes. Oh, yeah. You ever see Blackfish? Huh. I used to watch Blackfish. It's a good documentary. It's kind of sad, but it's good to watch. All right. How many, how much government cheese do you think there is? Do you know, first of all, do you know about government cheese? What? No. You don't know about Sounds, government cheese? I mean, does it sound familiar? Yes. Do I know what it is? So it was like a saying, like, get some of that government cheese. Yeah. But so the government subsidizes a bunch of industries. One of them is obviously the dairy industry. <laughs> the government pays people to keep doing things. Um, and one of those is dairy farmers. But then they have all this extra cheese so like, or all this extra uh, milk. They're like, what are we going to do with this? So they turn it into cheese. So they put it, I think, I, I'm going to exaggerate here, I'm sure, but a mile down into old mines, like in Missouri specifically. That's where they store it. How many pounds do you think they have of government cheese? Oh, this is a literal thing. That's mm -hmm. so funny. How can you store it? Is it? Does it last long term? Yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, some of those Parmesan cheese wheels are very old so how who's all making this just one entity is making this over x amount of that's a good question i don't know okay. i i assume it's multiple over one since the government's been in, yeah but you like, can't keep i mean this you know start? i don't think you can keep it like 50 years down there right, so it's got to be on some rotation like eventually like okay this cheese is bad Thirty thousand pounds oh, i was gonna i was gonna go insane and say like 20 million 20 million yeah how about 1.4 billion pounds? No. 
1.4 billion. I thought I'm guessing high at like 20 nope. million. Not even close. What? It's unbelievable. Okay. Why are they not spreading the love? I could eat cheese <laughs> for days. It didn't. To be honest, looking at it, it looks kind of just like American yellow uh, cheese or orange yellow cheese. It didn't look great. Is it actually cheese then or is it a cheese like no, no, product? Cheese. It's cheese. Okay. Um, an abandoned McDonald's on a remote island, Alaska, reveals shockingly low prices from the 1990s. So, how much do you think a uh, fillet of fish sandwich cost back in 1994 from McDonald's? One dollars and nineteen cents. Two dollars. He's closer. It's dollar ninety-five. Cheeseburger. Uh, a buck. It's got to be less than the fillet of fish, it, right? It is less than the dollar dollar twenty nine. Okay, it's a dollar nine. So the other thing to remember here is, it, technically, I'm gonna I'm gonna argue that these prices are, are even overinflated because it's a remote island. Right. Cheeseburgers. It, it used to be able to go it probably as late as oh 2003. I want to say go to Wendy's and get a junior junior bacon cheeseburger for ninety nine cents. Yep. So. A just a cheeseburger should have been like sixty nine. I remember cents. when hamburgers were sixty nine cents at, at McDonald's. Yeah, in like ninety four, because that was yep. yeah. All right, but uh, quarter pounder, nineteen ninety four, remote quarter. island, Alaska. Oh, probably like the fillet of fish then. Two bucks. Yeah, it was two dollars and fifteen cents. Yeah. But I still think that's amazing. I think big and big and tasty's used to be like two thirty nine. Or three bucks or something like that. And that was when I was yeah. in high school. What's big and tasty? It was like a quarter pounder, but it was just like a single patty. But you, it was sesame seed bun and everything. So oh, I could have gone for those. those so, that's what I mean. It wasn't a cheap burger, yeah. but it wasn't like an egregious amount of food. It was like a 2 $3 burger, and you were happy with it. It was not a 100% beef patty. It was a loaded up with soy and water. Nice. It would taste delicious, yeah. though. But Without having access to my kitchen, I went ahead and ate at McDonald's <laughs> two nights this week. Um, and... Both times I got double quarter pounder with cheese, no pickles or onions, two <laughs> hamburgers, and one time I got two large fries, and one time I got one large fries. Now, wait, 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 wait. Dude, fries suck in anywhere. You got the double quarter pounder, another hamburger, and fries. Two fries. And two fries? I got the double quarter pounder and two Dude, hamburgers both times. You're you're putting on some weight now, hold here. Hold on. Oh, no, hold no. on. Let's back off. One of those hamburgers, my dogs will not eat just their dog food. I have to add a sweetener. So one of those hamburgers was torn up and put in Bruce's food. How so. quickly? Now, this is usually just me because I'm, I'm like this. Because you're like, oh, I'm, I'm waiting in line. I get the food. I just, How quick does, does the meal even last from a McDonald's nowadays, right? Like it's 45 seconds, right? Like it is just the bread's so soft. Everything's salted like Gone. crazy. Yep. The pop has, I mean, enzymes to help break it down the way that like you don't have to chew that food anymore, dude. Yep. It is so it, – it, I mean, come on. What are we And especially about? me who eats like fast anyways. Yeah, same here. That's what I mean. So it's like it is – Gone. So I – I, I like the fact that it's cheap, though, because it's usually I go to a place, I go to a Five Guys, and I'm like, man, I ate that burger way too quick. But you can feel it. McDonald's, it's just, it goes it's with gone. it. Yeah. Supposed to, yeah it's um, it. There was somebody during the live, our last live stream when I said I had the extra burger for the way home who had like a term for it. Does anyone remember what that was? I don't remember the term. I remember someone, I remember someone saying, that's someone a something that. burger. Yeah, like a roadie or something. Yeah, he called it something. So both days, one of those burgers didn't survive home. The time I bought two fries, one of the whole fries didn't travel. <laughs> and for reference, I you don't live far. From I do not that live either. far away from the McDonald's. Like maybe a three minute drive tops. I, I was just complaining about fast food the other day. I was at a restaurant I hadn't been to, been to before, and they had flatbread pizzas for eleven dollars. And I was like, I was asking, I was like, somebody in the middle before, I'm like, is is that like is that worth it? Is, right. is that going to fill me up? Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, I didn't even eat it, eat it all last time. And I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> it's just because if I go to a fast food restaurant, I'm going to pay like 11 bucks for a value meal, but I can come to like a nice sit down and get a flatbread for $11? Like, that doesn't that seem, is, I, this should be like a $20 thing in comparison. Did it fill you up though? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Where was yeah. it? Uh, ooh. Uh, who knows? Uh, I don't, I don't no. know how no to say it. Out. Uh, K96 in Greenwich on the east side of Wichita, Greenwich Place. There's a place in there next to the Lego Let's Build store called Albero's. Yeah, Albero something something. Yeah. 
uh, very is nice little restaurant, quiet, yeah. not a ton of people in Lunch there. Lunch places are wild, man. You go to any fast food, it's 12, 13 bucks. You go, or do you go to the little nice Italian place right there by the liquor store right here? $14 lunch. Like, what's an extra $2 for authentic in house mate? You know what I mean? Albero good Cafe. sauce, good pasta. Uh -huh. okay. So, Albero but, Cafe. I don't got time for it. Um, I don't like, I'm not a, a huge fizz, fizz burger. Guy. I don't, who's talking about fizz burgers? Oh, were you talking about the uh, Italian Bella Napoli? Italian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bella Napoli. Is fizz burger Italian? I've, I don't <laughs> I, uh, if, if I was looking up your Albero thing. I got gotcha. you. Fizz burger is good. Like the burgers are, are are fine. They actually you can smell when you walk in there. It'll smell like a meat plant sometimes because they grind their own yeah. beef in house. That's cool, and it makes the burgers softer and airier because they're not. I think I'm assuming they're hand patting them, and they're not. It looks like, like they hand patting compressed patties. But the, I love that they're you can get like their fries by like the family size large huge plate with like ten sauces. And okay, and there's my problem with. Fizz burgers. You I had to get fries. Do not separate. like their fries. What? Yeah. Well, I burgers hate are good. Nowadays, you got to like get fries. fries. You got to get fries separate, and it's way too many fries in the in the first place. Or they offer chips or tods. Have you ever gotten to a place and they go, "If you do, you want the chips?" And I go, "Yeah." And it's an actual a bag of potato yeah, chips. And I go, "Hold on, I think we got our now. wires crossed here. Yeah, I don't want that. I'm not at lunch in in my fifth grade cafeteria. Right. I I'm paying you money, my, not my mom on on an account." Bring me. I don't have Highland carton milk right now. French fries. What are you doing, dude? You guys okay? So the other thing, still? the other thing, Alberos, they're like my brother got a panini. It was like twelve bucks, and it came with like homemade like potato chips. Nice. Like not yeah, That's not nice. not the bag stuff because you walk. Yeah. I hate yeah. that you get bag chips. It's so annoying. But they like can pop. How do you know? <laughs> so I was also there with my mom. My mom does not eat that type of stuff. She will not. She ate some of his potato chips. Okay, so how good. do you know they were homemade? They looked like it. I mean, fresh spiral it, cut off of the potato, maybe the yeah. the, the way that a fresh oil maybe on the the paper it came in. May, maybe it wasn't. They looked like it. So, <laughs> okay. if they the look trick. like it, I'm in. Okay. When are you gonna wear the wig? <laughs> I got your stupid help ticket for that. <laughs> no, today. I've gotten twice. <laughs> At some point, I don't know. You're gonna like, have to. I know I, I need to sit down and need to look at the calendar. I need to pick out a time to do it, but we are I understand. Uh, moving ERP stuff. I've, I've met with like one, two, three, four, five. Oh, you're I've met with like five service service providers for ERP stuff today. Yeah. And then we also are right, this, we, we that, have, we have a new managers meeting on meeting, Wednesday. Yes. I just realized that. <laughs> so you're that's gonna not going to be good. For that. So I need to pick a time where I don't have to meet with like, Outside five service providers, sure. and, Wait, and, and we're being and, very reasonable and patient. So my wife is bugging me as much as you are about it, and I told her this is like two days ago. I was like, I was like, I'm gonna tell John to chill out because it took him like nine months to eat a plate of mashed potatoes, and then he didn't even eat the whole plate of mashed That's potatoes. Fair. So it'll happen. Okay. I'm on this. I'm. I don't care if you bug me about it, but I'm also going to push back because you took forever doing the mashed but potatoes. But you were the so. one making the mashed potatoes. That was the, the main holdup. It wasn't me saying, no, don't do it. It was just that you just kept not doing yeah, it. Yeah, but then you didn't even eat a whole plate. I tried. Oh, there you go. I tried. All I'm right. going to try to wear the wig. <laughs> we're going to see how it goes. All right. Do you want to throw a dart and make a bet on something? It doesn't have to be a big bet. Your guys' ability to either, gamble on anything is Either awesome. I have to get you lunch for tomorrow's podcast or you have to get me lunch. Podcast? Or live stream. Live stream? I'll get with that. That's okay. that's a no sweat bet right there. So it's uh, if it just cost me five bucks, there's there five bucks is a whole lot easier than than my pride and humility. Yeah, I, I, lunch is I don't know what bucks. you're thinking I'm getting for lunch. You're not listening to our recent No, I get to choose my lunch. Oh, I was gonna walk to the back and get one of the sandwiches out <laughs> of the cooler. <laughs> I want shrimp scampi, sir. Okay. All right. So it's single dart. Single dart. Thrown from where we now know is the correct place. Yeah. Are we doing doubles, triples, doubles, normal, triples, normal rules? Yep, normal okay, rules. Okay. Just highest score right, wins. Highest score. You can throw first. Sweet. Oh, I, I get to throw get first. I get to throw first. So I have to know what I have to beat. Austin grabs a dart. He, for some reason, grabs three, even though he's only thrown one. You said, you said one throw. Like one dart. Oh. I was just going to throw once. Oh, throw yeah. Three. Throw all three. Nope. St step up. You can do it right to the edge of this table. Yep. Right to the edge of this. That's fair. You can lean. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. 
they do it in professional and Austin addresses. Misses the board. Comes really close to a bullseye, guys, and he got a 15. But very close to a bullseye. All right. Let's see how we can do here. That was rough. I have to throw at your dart. I don't care. You can throw wherever you want. What was that? Oh, what was that noise? I finally found out what that noise is. Oh, yeah. Off the board! Double Off the board, people. But it was so close to the double 20. I'm so excited. What am I? I'm going to get like a triple steak with guac and cheese chipotle burrito. Oh, you would have tied me there. Nah. Oh, well. How All expensive right. can I make this? Uh, you can get whatever you want. Just tell me what you want. I'll go get it. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Meat Logistics Podcast. To shop everything but the meat, head on over to Waltons.com. To get your meat processing questions answered by experts and enthusiasts alike, head on over to our online community at MeatGistics.com. Waltons, everything but the meat.